In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Right out of the gate, we have to include a note about our Gospel reading. The priest at Mass this weekend can choose either the short version, which is verses 1-10 through 10 of Luke chapter 15, or he can choose the longer version, which is the entire 15th chapter of Luke. The difference between the two is the parable of the prodigal son. But we already had an episode devoted to that parable back on the fourth Sunday of Lent in year C. So all of this is to say that if you'd like to hear some background on that parable, scroll down to the episode for the fourth Sunday of Lent in year C and start listening at about 2 minutes and 35 seconds. But since we're on the subject of the gospel, we'll start this setup with the two parables that, whether you get the short or the long version at Mass, you'll hear this Sunday either way, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. In the first, Jesus asks a question. What man who has a hundred sheep but then loses one wouldn't go after the lost one until he finds it? Some might wonder if this makes much sense. I mean, after all, wouldn't just one sheep be worth putting the 99 in peril to be stolen, attacked by other animals, or even wander away themselves? But this one sheep means so much to the shepherd that he searches after it. Because sheep are highly social animals, if a sheep gets lost from the flock, that sheep would likely plop down, refuse to budge, and be totally out of sorts. It's likely for this reason that the shepherd in Jesus' story has to take the sheep and put it on his shoulders. Otherwise, the sheep might not move at all. When the sheep is brought back by the shepherd, there's a big celebration. And that's exactly the end result of the second parable as well. A woman loses one of her ten coins, but finds it after searching her home. The word for coin, which Jesus uses, is drachma. And although the exact value of it fluctuated, By and large, it was worth about a single day's work. Now, we might find it odd that the woman is described as lighting a lamp to search for the coin, but the average dwelling at the time, especially of someone on the poorer side of things, didn't actually include a window. So this woman lights a lamp to provide better light inside her otherwise very dark home and sweeps her house hoping to hear the coin rattling about on the floor. When she finds it, she throws a party for her friends and neighbors, but here comes Jesus' humor. The celebration for the coin likely would have cost the woman more than just the coin itself. And likewise with the shepherd, the cost of calling his friends and neighbors to celebrate the sheep he found would have been more expensive than the sheep itself. But such is God's great joy over one sinner who repents. Our first reading is taken from the book of Exodus. After having left Egypt, the Israelites have made a molten calf and they've worshipped it. God has seen it for himself, and he's not a happy camper. He's, he's angry, and he tells Moses to let him alone because he wants to bring about retribution for the people's sin. But the very fact that God tells Moses to let him alone implies that Moses has the ability not to let God alone, and that's what he does. Scripture scholar Terence Fretheim sums up Moses' appeal to God quite well. He says that Moses takes three angles to plead God's mercy for the people. One, God's reasonableness. Two, his reputation. And finally, three, his promise to the ancestors. Moses' argument is successful in swaying God's heart to mercy, and he relents in the punishment he had threatened to inflict on his people. We finish with our second reading, taken from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. 
Timothy became a Christian because of Paul's preaching, and then eventually Timothy was made the head of the church in Ephesus. This first letter to Timothy is Paul's advice and encouragement to Timothy in his ministry of what we would call today being a bishop. As the first chapter of the letter unfolds, Paul speaks a lot about himself, how he was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant, yet the whole point is this. Just as God called Paul, in all of his brokenness, to be a leader of the church, so too is God calling Timothy in the midst of his foibles. I am grateful to him who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me trustworthy in appointing me to the ministry. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.